When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to the Record Rangers podcast with me, Johnny McFarlane. I'm joined by Scott McDermott and Andy Newport of PA. Welcome, gents. How you doing, Johnny? Good, good. How are you doing, boys? Good, good. Right, guys. Well, let's get stuck into the subjects at hand today. We're obviously going to touch on James Tavon, James Tavernier's new deal at Ibrox, the cup draw that's brought together everybody's favourite old rivals, Rangers and Celtic and the remainder of the season and what we can expect from the last five games of the Scottish Premiership campaign. Let's start right away with James Tavernier, Scott. You've long been an admirer of James Tavernier. Uh, I, I recall going back a couple of years, you were quite critical of him defensively. Yeah. But I think, as like everyone else, as you've watched him go on his journey from, from a player who, who's defensively struggled to... And on a team that was struggling, to be fair, yeah. a team that's completely dominant, a player that, that's definitely amongst the top candidates for Player of the Year, you you must think that this is a, a solid move for Rangers to to deal in their captain for another uh, three years. Well, without a doubt. Um, I mean, you know, I hate when we are when we are right on here, Johnny. But I think we can. <laughs> I think we called it, um, or I certainly did. I don't know why I'm giving you credit. Um, <laughs> basically. It's went as I thought it would be in terms of Rangers contract renewals. It was all it was all left until the title was won, and slowly but surely now they're going through uh, what I called at the time. I think the kind of the pillars of that dressing room: my McGregor, Davis, Tavernier, and I'm sure I'm almost certain Connor Goldson will surely be will surely be next. Um, I said at the time I thought. That should be the priority, you know, to get these guys tied up. The guys that have, you know, the experienced pros in the dressing room, the guys that lead the dressing room, uh, leaders on the pitch and and off it in terms of certainly in terms of Tavern and, and Golson. Um, these, if you're going to build a, you know, a sustainable uh, trophy winning team, um, a kind of relentless trophy winning team, then you need to have these uh, these kind of pillars in the, in the dressing room. And I think that's what Tavernier, Goldson, McGregor and Davis are. I mean, the other ones that people talk about, like Barisic, Kamara, even Hilander, there's no doubt there'll be speculation about them uh, over the summer you know, when they go to the Euros. And they are you know, very much kind of saleable assets for Rangers. And we've spoke on here enough about... Um, Know what, how, and why Rangers need to trade uh, player trade in, in the summer to bring some money in. So, but I think it was vitally important to get these guys signed up. And Tavernier's probably at the top of the list. He's the captain. The journey he's been on from when he first arrived at Rangers to where they are now. Of course, he's had criticism. It doesn't seem that long ago. You know the infamous program notes against Hamilton, and people were questioning whether this guy was captain material. People were questioning at that time whether Steven Gerrard was management material. Um, it just shows you how quickly things can change in the space of a year to, 
or a year to 18 months. So, um, no, I'm not surprised, and I think it's great business for Rangers to get to get Tavernier signed up again. Andy, what's your verdict? Uh, much like Scotty, I, I don't see it as any surprise to see him getting uh, getting rewarded with the new deal. Um, I, th- I think you know a lot of Rangers fans will be relieved because um, he is pretty integral to the way that the team plays. Um, obviously, we saw his you know his goal scoring stats. You know, 17 goals this season from right back, mostly uh, sort of the you know the first half of the season. He sort of dried off a wee bit before he get his injury, but you know even still those those numbers are. Fairly incredible for a guy playing in the in the back four. Um, you know, I, th- I think he he absolutely deserves it. And I think you know, he, okay, he's only won one trophy so far, but given the role this guy's played, when you know, there probably has been chances for him to sort of break the, you know, you know, cut his losses essentially with the club and disappear back down south like a few other guys did. Um, he, he stuck about, you know, he's you know he, he stuck with the club and he, he's got them back to where the the club. Um, what it be? I mean, you know, there's a lot of comparisons. I know when he, he came in his early days in terms of his goal scoring numbers with, with John Gregg, and you know, suppose to an extent you could probably call him a modern day John Gregg. I mean, obviously he's got a lot, a long, long, long way to go before he can, you know, as the same sort of stature that you know uh, John Gregg has with the club. But just there's, there's a few similarities there. You know, you know, John Gregg had options uh, many a time to, to leave Rangers when when they were down in the luck, and he, he stuck by the club. And I suppose you could say the same with, with James Tavernier and. I think that'll be long remembered by the Rangers support. This a guy that, when things weren't going well, you know, he could have, he could have, you know, opted to go uh, back down to England and you know get a decent enough club. You know, even still, there's still rumours uh, or reports that he, there's of you know Premiership clubs sort of interested in him, and yeah, he's decided to hang about for another three years uh, under his, his new contract, and you know, hopefully give the Champions League a crack. I mean, I, th- I think this is a guy who. He's obviously led the club to what many will consider to be the, the biggest championship ever so far. So um, I think he will rightly go down in the the sort of the history books of the club as a as a, somebody who's a not so far a modern day legend, but you know as things stand on on the way to that, if he can if he can add a few more trophies to his uh, to his record books, then I think he'll be really well remembered by by the fans of the going forward. Scott, one element of this, I suppose, Andy touches on there um, quite nicely when he talks about a modern-day John Gregg. That's a that's that's some, headline. That's some, that's some statement, that. For Andy, oh, I, I, don't know if I've, I don't know if I've overrecked this a wee bit there. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you don't prepare. Um, well, that's your own fault, mate. Um, but listen, <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, I, I think James Tavernier will be a a Rangers Hall of Fame member pretty soon, and, and deservedly so. Um, and he will always be remembered, this title will always be remembered, he's going to be the guy that lifts the, the trophy, because um, he's he's the captain. So, no, he will be a kind of iconic figure now. No, When he leaves Rangers, he probably will have that legendary status, no matter what happens now, is the guy that lifted no, title, title 55. But I think it's especially because... Of the you no know, that kind of with it being so cliched, but that that journey that he has been on because you no know, he was down in the doldrums. You no, know, you think of those old firm defeats that he had to he had to suffer on a on a regular basis. You think of some of the criticism that he got for his own his own supporters. Andy's right. He could have he could have just chucked at plenty's 
well, plenty of the guys that he played with at Rangers of of went back of went back down south. You no, know, the guys that he that he came with at first. You no, know, you had Martin Waghorns and Rob Kiernans and people like that. You no, know, Tavernier must have had chances to go back to to go back to England, but but he stuck it out. I think he he realises the size of club that he's at. I think he takes the responsibility, the the captaincy very seriously. You no, know, you look at look at his career before Rangers. Well, apart from being at Newcastle as a kid, I mean, he wasn't anywhere near as as big a, a club as Rangers, nobody's kind of size and stature and that. So I think he appreciates that. and um, He seems very happy. I mean, we don't know him personally. We don't get too many chances now to interview him, unfortunately. But um, I mean, I went down to Middlesbrough last year and, and interviewed his brother, uh, Marcus, and you know, for what he was saying, no, Tavernier loves it, loves it up here. You know, he realises what he's got. He appreciates what he's got. And I think whenever well, he's going to be here for a few more years yet, um, so who knows what he could go on to achieve. But whenever he does leave, I think Andy's right. I mean, might not be a. I'm not saying he's John Gregg. I'll leave that to Andy talk, talking big headlines. <laughs> but uh, he'll certainly be. He'll certainly have that legendary status. And I think you no, know, whenever there's a, the next kind of induction of uh, kind of new Hall of Fame members, Tavernier will be will be right up there. One of the interesting aspects of this deal is where it places Nathan Patterson, who's just been so impressive since he's emerged into the first team. We know he's had his ups and downs in terms of the, the sort of COVID fiasco as being part of the COVID-5, but on the field, he's just looked tailor-made as a replacement for Tavernier. But given that the, the captain's now going to be at the club for another three years, I know, he, well, two years on top of the one that he, he was already you know, tied up for. Yeah. Um, Andy, do, do you think this is going to stymie or stifle Patterson's development? And if not, how how are Rangers going to ensure that that doesn't happen? Well, I mean, I think we, with James Tavenier, I think, what is he now, 29? So, I mean, yeah, he's probably at that point in his career where, you know, he, yeah, he can still play week in, week out, but in order to get the best out of him, you might want to sort of, you know, Give him a wee bit more rest than he has been getting of late. I mean, he, you know, he's I think before this injury, I mean, he's he's he record of you know and how many starts he'd had was pretty phenomenal. I think, you know, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think he'd only missed like you know, maybe less than ten games over the the sort of four or five year spell that he'd had at the club before that. He's you know his ability to churn out games season after season was was pretty remarkable. So. Having Patterson there as a sort of, as you say, a ready-made replacement means that they they can afford to give him more rest time. Perhaps you know allow him to have get himself in absolute peak condition for the big games in Europe and and the league games and allow Patterson to take up more of the slack. But is it going to be a big conundrum for the club? And as you say, I mean Patterson's progress, even in the short time, the short amount of minutes that he's had this season, has been pretty impressive. I mean even that. I always thought he was more of a sort of steady Eddie, um, sort of defensive right back, and uh, he didn't really. He still had that sort of attacking aspect of his game to show. Uh, and the Rangers jersey, I mean, I know it was only COVID the weekend, but you certainly saw signs that he's got that ability to to get forward and and get himself involved at the sort of top end of the pitch in a way that Tavernier does uh, during that game at the weekend. Uh, also, get himself a goal as well. But his, his general overall play, I mean, his, his crossing and his ability to sort of bomb on and support the, the tacklers down that right hand side was, was really impressive. So, um, there is going to be a conundrum if, if, if he has progress continues at the rate it is. Um, but as, I suppose that's a, 
that's the kind of um, that's the dilemmas you want as a Rangers manager. You'd, you'd rather have that than rather than have a guy like like it was perhaps last season when you know Tavernier's backup was was either John Flanagan or Matt Poster, who frankly just weren't in the same league as as, as Tavernier. So um, it's going to be a problem that they're going to have to address. Maybe you know maybe it just means that Tavernier has to play a little less than he has been at the minute, which has been a lot over the last say last few years. And and Patterson gets to you know play against maybe some of the the lesser lights, or they just have to decide, right, okay, we're going to let Patterson go out and low. I mean, that's the only real, um, you know, solutions as, as things stand. They've, they've obviously decided that they want to keep Tavernier around for another, another three seasons at the stands. So um, it's either going to have to be a balancing act or, or Patterson goes out and low. And I, I can't really see any other alternatives of that other than Patterson sitting in the stand. I, I don't think it is a problem, Johnny, and I don't think it should stifle Nathan Patterson's progress. I mean, Patterson at the moment, you know, as much as having a lot of potential, and you know, I agree with you, you know, he looks, really looks apart. part, does look a, a ready-made replacement for Tavernier, but but not right now. I mean, he's, he's still to develop physically, mentally, tactically, I would suggest, you know, all of those kind of departments, and, he, and he's, he's in the best place for that, you know, in terms of working with the management team, but also just learning for Tavernier every day. Um, and I agree with Andy, in terms of the next you know, next season, for instance, I think it'll just be a case of getting Patterson more games. I mean, Rangers playing so many games. Tavernier's pretty much played in every one for the last you know, for the last few seasons. Um, very rarely injured. I know he's out just now, obviously, but very rarely injured. I think it's just a case of you know, getting Patterson more games, leaving Tavernier out. You know, with all due respect, you know, off the back of European games and all firm games, well, if you're at home at one of the kind of lesser clubs in the SPFL, for instance, then now you know that you would have no qualms about putting about putting Patterson in, and that that's a good position for for Stephen Gerrard to be in. So I expect him to get to be at Rangers next season to play some more games, to develop, as I say, physically and tactically. I think would be the two main ones. Learn for Tavernier, no, keep learning for the manager, uh, and as I say. Play, play more, and then ultimately, although we're saying Tavernier or three-year deal, how will Patterson ever get in? Well, no, in the next couple of years, it's up to Nathan Patterson to force his way, force his way, and if he's going to be, if he's going to be the top player that we all think he should be, then that that's the challenge for him. Going, going, you know, going, compete with the Rangers captain uh, to get a game at right back, and if he's good enough, he'll he'll get there. But for him to be good enough, Scott, doesn't he need experience? And to get that experience, needs games because but, but where, part of what makes a footballer is not just your your skill set. It's the but, mentality. It's it's all these things you need to learn about being a professional football player. Yeah, but where, where are you going to send him now, Johnny? I mean, now, now that he's been in the Rangers team, you know he's capable of getting in there and playing at that level. I mean, where do you where do you send him for games? Really difficult one. Really, really know, difficult this, one. I, I, this doesn't become Stephen Gerrard's problem. This becomes Nathan Patterson's problem. When Nathan Patterson gets a chance next season, he has to make him. That's what I mean. Sell, he has to make himself. Un, he has to make himself undroppable to the point where he can't, exactly. can't be allowed to go and sit back in the stand. So the onus is on on Nathan Patterson. I mean, Stephen Gerrard's given him every opportunity. It's now down to him. That's I mean, we've, we've all seen that famous clip of you know Gerrard talking about you know once you got your chance, you have to move somebody out your way, and make sure they stay out the way. And, that's exactly what Nathan Patterson has got in front of him now. He has been given an opportunity to play in the first team. He's a backup to the captain. 
when he gets the opportunity next season to claim a jersey, he has to make sure that he stays there. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's going to be a tall order, especially if you've got a pretty unique figure in the way that Tavernier is, you know, in terms of what he contributes going forward. But if he wants to make himself uh, the player that you know Stephen Gerrard feels that he can become, then that's the challenge ahead of him. So it's down to him. Okay, guys, I'm going to move it on now. Um, we've been talking about James Tavernier's contract, and I think if you're looking at the Player of the Year candidates, probably not even at Rangers, probably just in the Scottish Premiership in general, you'd be looking at Tavernier, Davis, Alan McGregor, and Conor Goldson. Now, three of those four have been tied up on longer contracts in the last period of time by Rangers. What do you think about Conor Goldson? Is he going to tie his future to the club for the next three or four years, do you think? Because he's been just so important, hasn't he? And I I see a growing clamour online of people who are starting to acknowledge now just how important Conor Goldson has been this season. It seems to me that if you're talking about Player of the Year over the, the course of the year, there seems to be more and more people saying that actually Conor Goldson's the man that you would put forward for that. I, I still think James Tavernier personally, but um, Goldson has certainly been undeniably superb. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen in terms of that contract, Scotty? Um, as I said at the start, Johnny, I expect him to, to sign it. I, I think he'll be the next one. I'd be really surprised. Um, probably with him, there's you know, a wee bit of Dubai just because he's age. You know, would he want to go back to England? You know, he's only got a year left. Um, you might feel as if he still had a bit of, kind of unfinished business in the Premier League, for instance. We don't know. But from the outside looking in, no, with Rangers tying up the other three that you mentioned, then I'd, I'd be amazed if Goldson wasn't next on the list. And I would expect that to happen uh, pretty soon. Rangers will want to get it done as soon as possible. Um, and I agree with you on, on the four that you've mentioned in terms of player of the year candidates. For me, I'm now edging towards Goldson. I think he will get my, get my vote. I mean, it's close with Tavernier and the others, but I think just for sheer consistency we. Goldson, no, he's there every single week, every single minute. I think we look at Rangers' defensive record this season; it's been phenomenal. That's the thing that everybody's been been talking about. Doesn't matter who he plays alongside. Um, in the last couple of seasons, there's always been, no, he was always kind of prone to a couple of errors. I can think of no one against Celtic at Ibrox, for instance. It was really costly. Um, didn't cover himself in glory against Hamilton, the kind of infamous Hamilton defeat at Ibrox either. I think he's well, actually cut those away. There was a there was an own goal yeah, there as well. I, yeah. I think I think he's actually cut those out yeah. this season. I mean Rangers Rangers as a team haven't made many many mistakes, but Goldson certainly in terms of individual errors they've been at an absolute bare bare minimum. And uh-huh. and he is the as much as Tavernier's the captain and no take nothing away from him. I think everyone knows. Goldson is the is the most vocal guy in the team. That's why he plays every week, even when Gerard kind of shuffles his uh, central defensive partnerships. If no, without fans, Andy will back up this. I mean, he is the one guy you hear constantly. Uh, I'm an Alan McGregor. To, yeah, when you get to go to the game. So for me, Goldson maybe harsh on Tavernier, but for me, Goldson, I think Pips. Tavernier for, for player of the year and that's precisely why it's uh, it's crucial that Rangers getting tied up. I, I think this comes down to an emotive issue and I think this sort of leads into both sort of discussions whether it be about player of the year or, or his contract. I, th- I think on a, an emotive issue an emotive level 
you probably go with Tavernier for player of the year just because of what he's given to the club. I think if you were just in a cold, pure analysis of performances, then I, th- I think Scott is maybe right in terms of Goldson just for the sheer consistency, the fact that he's been pretty much flawless. I mean, a lot of his work isn't spectacular. Uh, you know, he's not having to throw himself into making goal line clearances and all that sort of stuff. He's just going about his business in a, a, such a clinical manner that you know he's been almost on sort of beatable in terms of whether it be one on one or in the air this season. He's just been he's been flawless pretty much the whole season. But I can also understand why people would you know just look at the emotive side of it and go, you know, for what Tavernier's given to the club over these last six years, then then he deserves it. Oh, better the way, like I think it was Ryan Giggs a few years ago, the English one, just because probably wasn't the most spectacular performer that year, but just because of um, you know his longevity in the game that he got it. And I think that maybe. There's also the emotive side of it comes into his contract. This club, you know, like it or not, is is got a way of getting under people's skin. And you know, I think you've seen that with Tavernier, and I think you've seen it as well with Goldson. I mean, what is the alternative to Goldson? He, he can stay here. He's a senior figure in the dressing room. He's a vice captain. He's got Champions League football. He's got the promise of more trophies, or the the hope of more trophies next season and this season. Or he's going to go to a club lately, the sort of middle at the bottom end of the Premiership. Uh, and you know he's he, no guarantee of playing every week, and he might not be a senior figure in the dream and the team. I think that's why the likelihood is he will sign on again. He realizes what he's got. You see the way he speaks, even the way that you saw he, the emotion in him the way he spoke after the the whole Kamara incident in the Europa League with yeah. Slavia Prague. He, I think what is. The, the, that was obviously a really difficult evening for the club, with not just the result, but you know everything around that 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 incident with, with Cadella. But you could see the unity in the team, the way that the the, the team one eleven Gerard on the sideline reacted to that, stood unified alongside Glenn Kamara with Goldson as well. I think he realises that there's something bigger at play here than just you know the chance to go and play in the Premier League. This is a look like a, a real sort of band of brothers in that sense, and I think that would be. It would be, it'd be a, a big decision for him to walk away from that. So I would be pretty surprised if, if, if he did uh, depart, if he did uh, choose not to sign a new contract and departed uh, uh, next summer. Also, j- just another wee thing in Goldson. I mean, it's not just his defensive capabilities. I mean, he's popped up with a few big goals as well. Mm. I mean, the two, the two at Celtic Park in that first Old Firm game, absolutely crucial. Obviously, two, two of them brilliantly. Um I think he won it a wee at Tanadice as well. That yeah. was a, that was important. I mean, he's he's no, he can play as well. And the way Rangers play, you no, know, that that um, when Rangers decide to mix it up a bit, and he goes with that kind of long diagonal normally to Ryan Kent. You no, know, he's he, he's vital to Rangers in that sense as well. It's no, ju- that, no that's just that's been, that's been the big added dimension to Rangers this season. It's the fact that yeah. they've not they've not just in the way that they did in the last two seasons under Gerald with. If the plan A didn't work, they would just get a bit bogged down. They have this ability yeah, now go to, to go long, go direct, and just catch teams out. They don't know, do they press them high, or do they stand off them? And I think that's, now that they've got that extra dimension that they'll play, you, you've seen the, the, obviously the result with them sort of streaking away towards the title. Now, I'm pretty sure you'll have seen this, but there was a cup draw. Over the last, uh, <laughs> over the weekend there, and uh, yeah, it was it was quite interesting, you know, watching that draw. The sea shanty lads pulled one out the balls. It just felt inevitable, didn't it, when it when they came out Rangers or Cove Rangers, and you just knew ball number two it was going to be Celtic. What Scott, you first? I mean, um, 
I suppose uh, this is a, an incredible opportunity for Rangers to really stick the knife into their greatest rivals by ending their season. I mean, they've already won the title earlier than ever before. But in terms of ending their season completely, uh, it, it's so early. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, is is this a dream draw in a way, getting a home tie against a team they know they can beat at this stage? I think it is, Johnny. Um, first of all, I'm off next week, so I think it's a brilliant draw. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> brilliant draw. Really, I'm, really looking, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, no, listen, I think it is ideal. I mean, listen, I suppose you could, from a Rangers fan's point of view, the ideal scenario maybe would be last day of the season at, at Hamden, whether there's fans in or no against Celtic and going go and clinch the double by, by beating them in the final. But I think uh, this gives Rangers a great opportunity to get to get Celtic at Ibrox um, this early in the competition and you know, put them out. And then, you no, know, without being unkind to, to the rest of the, the clubs, it just you just feel as if it gives them a clear a clear pathway. Now, listen, they've, they've slipped up in cup competitions as we know the last couple of years, even, even this season against... Against St Mirren, uh, Stephen Gerrard made a few changes. No, and I, I don't think he would make the same types of mistakes again um, in terms of personnel. But I think it's a, a brilliant opportunity, as I say, to get to get them at home. As you say, you no know, being ruthless to, to finish Celtic season once and for all, um, and really to, to to clear the way um, to the final to go and get that get that next trophy and. No, as has been touched on uh, this week by you know, different people, the, the beauty of winning the league early is that they can now focus with, with Europe out of the way as well. They can now purely focus on on the Scottish Cup and go and try and get in this trophy. I know they've got the unbeaten run in the league and they want to go through the season um, unbeaten if they can, the league season. But I think I said on here a couple of weeks ago, if you gave any support or the choice between winning the Scottish Cup or uh, going through the league season unbeaten, they'll take the cup every day, of course they would. So, um, no, I, th- I think it's a brilliant uh, a brilliant draw for them. Great, great opportunity. I, th- I think as well it's important that, in a way, I think it'll probably help Rangers maintain their intensity levels, I think. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit of a strange season, obviously, but the point you would get to this stage in the season, usually you'd be at the sort of semi-final stage and you wouldn't have too many cup games still to play, but Obviously, with the COVID and disruption of the Scottish Cup, you've still got you know three, four rounds left to play before the final. Um, but this, I think, having a Celtic game here means that Celtic Rangers will have to maintain their intensity levels all the way through. Now they can't, you know, even if you look at the way the fixtures fall, they've obviously got Hibs this weekend. That's another, you know, it's a tough tie. Even though, as I say, the league's already won, but they're not. Rangers will want to, you know, put one over on Hibs uh, this weekend. You get the, you then get the St Johnston away, which is another a, a, an easy tie. Then you're at Celtic at uh, Ibrox. Two weeks after that, you've got the another old firm game. You know, it just means that there's not a real, there's not a point where they can say right, we can switch off here and and have that sort of psychological, you know, lull that might then be difficult because you've already won the league to recover from. I think this ensures that they can keep themselves intensity-wise at a high level going into the end of the season and hopefully that will be for, for them for the, the cup final as well 
Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's going to be an incredible uh, match, I'm quite sure. Scott, how, how do you see it going? I mean, Celtic, to be fair to them, they, they have played well in the last two they matchups have. and arguably have been the better side. Now, now Rangers have obviously come out victorious at Ibrox and, and got the result they wanted at Parkhead uh, and certainly looked dangerous. But, but perhaps Rangers haven't been at their firing best in the, these last two games. Does that put an extra emphasis on them to go out and put on a show in this one? I think it does. I mean, it's interesting, Johnny, you're right. I mean, it's all about results, obviously, especially in a cup competition. It doesn't matter how you get through. You just want to be in the next the next round, obviously. Um, but I think, I think this is important for Rangers performance-wise because I think you're right. I think the last two Old Firm games, you need to hold your hands up and say Celtic have been the better the better team. Um in the league game at Ibrooks. Um Rangers did a job on them obviously. Uh the the sending off no doubt helped, but they got the got the result they wanted, showed real resilience that day and got the got the goal. Obviously McGregor was, was outstanding as well, which which you need. And then the game the last game at Celtic Park, you no, know, the kind of dead dead rubber. I think again Celtic, you no, know, largely the better the better team football wise, but you no know, Rangers again stuck it out. Got, got the result they needed. Now that's a brilliant quality to have. And listen, if they if they do that again in the cup game, nobody will complain. No, certainly, no. Immediately, nobody will complain because Rangers fans will just be delighted that they've, you know, they've beat them again and they're in the next round. But I just think you, know, you don't want to go too many old firm games where, you know, you don't play well or don't have the majority of the ball and don't don't dictate the play. I think Gerard will want. Um, you know, these these last two old firm games, both at home, I think they want to see a performance fees his team. Um, I think the one kind of you know, slight disappointment about the last old firm game was that you know, they didn't really go to Celtic Park with a kind of chest puffed out, you know, and say, no, you no, know, we're champions and we'll, you no, know, we'll dictate this game. Do you know what I mean? You usual kind of adapt to your game. I don't think that's the way it, the way it panned out. And at home. I think they'll certainly hope to to do that. So it is interesting because, you no, know, as I say, results are everything. You no, know, getting through will be the priority. But I definitely think there will be something within Gerard that will want to see you know, a much improved performance for Rangers in this whole firm game. Because I say you don't want to go too many of these derbies where, you no, know, Celtic are the are the better side, irrespective of the results. Yeah, Andy, what was your what's your take on that? Do you think um, Rangers will, will go out and, and, and try and attack Celtic in this game and, and really show their dominance over this fixture? Because that is an entire season now they've gone unbeaten uh, and certainly they've, they've never really looked in serious trouble despite the fact, as I say, Celtic have performed well in these games. I'm not sure this game is particularly the one that they'll want to... To, they'll be overly concerned about putting on a show. I mean, I think in a cup game, it's just about getting through. Perhaps the one, the game in May second, when they know that there's not really much at stake. That's the game that they can afford to sort yeah. of, you know, go all guns blazing in that, blazing in that sense. So, um, you know, I, I think for Gerard, as you say, the, the, he's already made it clear that the, the cup's a priority. So it's one at all costs. Get get through. Mm-hmm. Get into the quarterfinals. You know, you've already got a home draw sort of uh, secured for the the quarterfinals against St Johnston or Clyde, so that that will be the, the overriding priority. Um, you know, going out and trying to you know put on a show. I think they'll wait that for for May second, uh, 
and you know, as they look to sort of. Yeah, I'm not meaning. I'm really not put mean, down, laid down a marker in that sense. I, I'm not meaning the Charlie Adam no look pass and step overs. <laughs> what, what I just mean is, is trying to re-establish their dominance in the fixture that they showed. You know, yeah. going back to the, 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 the games prior to, well, when Neil Enum was in charge, basically throughout that entire period, Rangers have looked the dominant side in yeah, most yeah. of those old firm games. I, th- I think there's, you know, I think there's certainly, you know. You know factors that can be explained away from the last two games. I mean, the, the game in January, it was absolutely you know you know it was down to Celtic to come and force that game because they were the chasing team Rangers. Yeah, yeah they didn't play great that that day, but you know they knew that they could sit back and try and hit Celtic the counter, and that that is exactly that played right into Rangers' hands. Yeah, Celtic, you know, tactically probably the last two or three games of you know of you know, caught Rangers out a wee bit, you know, in terms of how they've pinned down the fullbacks and how they've, you know, rotated uh, that sort of midfield diamond. But, you know, again, then you look at, you know, even the second, the, the, the last game at Parkhead, Rangers had just, you know, played in Europe three, day, three days beforehand, you know, pretty mentally exhaustive sort of tie that one with everything that had gone on. You know, Celtic had two weeks off to prepare for that. You know, I think going into this one with both teams sort of playing as regularly as each other, um, Rangers down a high of, you know, being league champions, being comfortable in that position. Celtic really still in a state of limbo as they wait to find out, you know, is it going to be Eddie Howe? As it looks to be, you know, when does he come in? Does he come in for this game? Does he not come in for this game? Uh, what's it, who, who's coming in in the summer? All that sort of stuff still floating around in the background. How does that affect them? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if Rangers don't dominate this game in the Cup, Regardless of the result, if they're the team that sort of plays second fiddle on that, I think that might be a concern because you might think, well, are Rangers really quite as far ahead as Celtic as they would hope to yeah. be given the season that Celtic have had? Andy, but, I think I think that's the point. I, I think <laughs> from a Rangers' point of view, no, they, they won't want to give Celtic too much encouragement. Yeah, Do you know what I yeah. mean? As I say, that the last, you no, know, everybody accepts that the gap's been. No, the gap's been big this year. Rangers have, have stretched ahead a Celtic. But, I mean, as I say, the last couple of games, they've played well. They've been well in the, the old firm games. I just don't think, from a Rangers' point of view, certainly for Gerrard's point of view, you, know, you wouldn't want to give Celtic any any encouragement going into next season. It is about kind of stamping your your authority and, you know, and, and letting Celtic know that you're, that you're champions and not just that you're champions and you're going to rest in your laurels because you, you got that one historic title. No, I, I think Rangers need to show signs that they're going to, they plan to go and stretch ahead and go, go even further forward. And, and that's, in terms of the cup, no, if you lose the cup tie, you would think Celtic would go on and win it. No, for a Rangers mm. point of view, you don't, you don't want to be doing that. You don't want to be mm. finishing this season no, having... Listen, the title is the be all and end all. We get we get that, and that was the the number one priority. Of course, it was. But you don't want to be giving your rivals any encouragement, no, by by allowing them to go and win the win the cup, no. But obviously, the last game of this season, people start looking ahead to the the following season, and I think I think from that point of view, that's where Gerard will want to see a a kind of shift in Rangers' performance levels. Yeah, absolutely. Right, guys, um, I think I'm going to have to call it a day there. Thank you very, very much for joining me here on the Record Rangers podcast. If you enjoyed the debate and you want to make any points to us, you can find us all on Twitter. I am at Johnny R. McFarlane. Scott is at 
Scott McDermott 8 and Andy is at Andy Newport PA. If you like the podcast, and we know many thousands of you do, please go online and give it a five-star review uh, on iTunes or any of the other podcasting platforms as this lets us get into the ears of as many listeners as possible. Until next time, thanks for listening.